Welcome everybody to Women's Football Success. This is episode 1801, which is for uh, 2018, episode one. This show has been a long time in the making. We've been working on the ideas for Women's Football Success for about two years now. And the idea behind it is to be able to promote the players, the coaches, the staff, and the football owners promoting success within women's football. And so I want to get started with the idea that this is more of a talk show, um, providing information and knowledge to people to be able to make women's football success. Um, this is not like the other shows that we have on the network where coaches are talking about play-by-play -play or um, details of show predictions or, or game predictions or different strategies that they're using on the field. Um, but this is more of a way to collaborate and allow the information to go out, the knowledge to go out about how to make women's football success. Really quick, a disclaimer. My name is Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington, as I said, and I am an attorney licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas, but I am not your attorney. Any of the information provided here on this radio show, Women's Football Success, or on the website, or on the Facebook page, or any other written or digital content is provided as business or informational information or for informational purposes only, not for legal advice. Um, this does not create a attorney-client relationship and all this information is to help people be successful in women's football, that's it. Really quick to offer you a little bit of background. Um, I started in women's football in 2009 with my husband, who goes by Coach Mike Ellington um, and is currently um, the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Elite Women's Football Team, a uh, team that we are new co-owners of. Um, we started in women's football in 2009 with the Lone Star Mustangs. Uh, we actually started um, in the National Women's Football Alliance, the NWFA. Um, we qu it quickly dissolved um, that league and we all moved over to the, or most of us moved over to the Women's Football Alliance at that time. Um, we had already planned on expanding into three more teams, so we ended up having four teams. One of them did not work out. That was the, a team in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. We could never get people to come try out, so we ended up not doing that team. Um, but we owned the Lone Star Mustangs, the Little Rock Wildcats, and the Tulsa Eagles. Um, to make a long story short, um, my husband was laid off from his job during the economic crisis and we needed to find employment elsewhere. Um, we couldn't decide, we, we didn't want to decide whether to keep one team and not keep another team. And my husband was the coach of the Lone Star Mustangs at the time. Um, and so we decided to um, either sell or give away uh, the teams to the players so that they could go on with the names and not close down shop and not be able to continue with women's football or have to create a new team. So we gave the, the teams to the players. The Lone Star Mustangs went on to uh, for a couple more years and the Little Rock Wildcats became the Arkansas Wildcats and actually were the 2017, I believe it's Division Three champions last year, which was super exciting. And then the Tulsa Eagles um, changed their name or, or or went in a different direction and became the Tulsa Threat and now play in the IWFL. Um, but with that being said, 
Um, women's football can be a huge success, and we have an opportunity in front of us to make some huge impact on women's football if we all get together and understand um, what it takes to run a women's football team, what it takes to coach women in football, what it takes to run a game as support staff, and what it means to be a player and what you need to do to be successful and promote the players within women's football. Um, real quick, my education, and I just put this out there, I'm not doing this to brag, but to let you know that I'm just not um, somebody that just showed up here and decided I like women's football and, and started doing this. But um, I have a bachelor's degree in business, a master's degree in business, and I now have my law degree and I practice law in the state of Arkansas. Um, we started our teams, the first team, um, the Lone Star Mustangs with a business plan. A lot of teams within women's football don't have that even now. Um, but the idea was that this was a business that we wanted to make money at it. We wanted to be successful. We wanted to promote the players and we wanted to elevate women's football to an industry um, that could actually make money and be successful for everybody involved. With that being said, um, I do practice law in the state of Arkansas. I have a firm here um, in Russellville, Arkansas where I practice mostly small business. I do divorce, I do some wills, I do some general practice. Um, but on the other side of that, I also do women's football full-time as well. So between the two, I probably do about 80 hours a week. Um, not that I wanna do that much, but we actually kind of fell back into women's football. And um, I'll share a story with you real quick. We had actually been talking about starting a bit uh, women's football team in 2018 in Fayetteville, Arkansas area. We knew that there was a team in Little Rock. Um, we didn't want to step on their toes because of course we had helped to start that team. We knew that they only had about 18 players. Um, so it would have been easy to go in there and take over, um, but it would have been rude and it would have been disrespectful and it would have helped to split the teams and, and leagues, etc. So we, we don't work that way. So we wanted to set up a team in Fayetteville, Arkansas or Conway, Arkansas, but we were we had a difficult time finding a field that was willing to work with women football players. So we put that idea on the back burner and um, said that we were gonna try it in 2019. In the meantime, um, Maria Spencer reached out to us from the Dallas Elite and asked us to come on as co-owners, um, that they were struggling, that they were having issues and that um, they needed us to come on and, and help them. So we did that. Um, you know, we checked our checked everything out, did our due diligence, and determined that it was the right thing to do. Um, and so we became co-owners. So I do a lot of the business side of it, and Coach Mike does um, helping with the coaching. We, he does coach coordinating. Um, he does football 101 for the team um, and a lot of social media type stuff and uh, connecting with the girls via video, etc. So um, we're super excited about this year. Uh, like I said, we had already planned on doing the women's football success. We had already planned on doing a team. Um, it, didn't, it didn't go exactly the way we planned it, but we are perfectly fine with that. We kind of roll with the punches and um, we're very flexible. And so we're super excited to be back in women's football. Um, we want to have women's football success out there for the teams and the players and the coaches to have a place to go to 
um, get some guidance and get some knowledge and get some information about what they can do in women's football to be successful in their own uh, capacity. Um, and then hopefully to elevate and expand women's football um, into more areas and grow it the way it needs to be grown. Um, a lot of people put this pressure on the leagues to do all of this work. And, you know, you may say that the league should be doing all this marketing. They don't have time. They, they're, they're busy dealing with, you know, 40, 50, 60 teams. I know the WFA has 60, 70 teams. Um, they're busy fielding calls and getting questions and all that kind of stuff. So um, they don't have time to do all of this marketing and advertising and promotion um, that each team needs to be doing. Besides that, that each, each of the teams is kind of working as its own entity and going off on a tangent with its own fundraisers and its own way that it's doing business. So it's really difficult for a league to kind of grab that by the horns and say, hey, no, we're going to do it this way um, because they've allowed everybody to kind of do things the way they want. So it's up to the teams to really get out there and promote their own team and their own players, their own coaches, etc. But um, we're hoping that women's football success will help you, help you guys do that. We want to get some people on here that will share some of their ideas. And uh, the people that I've talked to in the past in women's football are really willing to share their ideas if people are going to use them properly and be serious about it. Because a lot of these people have put a lot of time, heart, energy, and money into the different ideas that have made them successful. And they don't want people to go and um, make a joke of or... Um, embarrass the idea, the the principles that they've worked for. So with that being said, I think it's going to be super exciting to be able to get these ideas out to the, especially the new teams that are coming on um, and let people know how they can be successful in women's football. I get it all the time. You know, does this really make money? Uh, you know, can this, is this serious stuff? This is serious stuff, people. And you need to understand the business side of it as well as the football side of it. You know, the football side of it on the field is great and wonderful. But if you don't understand the business side of it, you are going to be in trouble. You're going to be in trouble fast because there's a lot of money. There's a lot of money changing hands. There's a lot of expenses. There's a lot of possible revenue. And if you're not taking advantage of the revenue opportunities, but you're incurring a lot of the expenses, you're going to be in trouble fast. So... Real quick, um, I'm not going to go through the whole history of women's football, but a lot of people that um, are starting in women's football now, they don't realize that women's football has been around for decades. Um, when I did the uh, Football for Women website, we did a magazine type thing where we put out a monthly magazine throughout the season. And one of the ladies that was kind of the historian for women's football shared a, a wonderful article with us that talked about um, the blue bonnets. If you guys want to look some of that stuff up for the history of women's football. And then um, there's a gentleman that has done an encyclopedia for women's football that will give you the whole background. But with that being said, I want to I want you to go to their sources so that you can hear their information because I think it's wonderful. But the idea is, is that women's football has been around for a long, long time. Teams continue to, to close up shop um, because they're just not um, successful on the revenue side. So they can't keep going. They can't keep pouring their money into it. 
um, or team split. Somebody decides they think they can do it better or they, they think that they can do it without the other person. That's fine. Um, but the idea is to keep women's football intact. It's very sad. You know, I, this year before we came on to women's football with the Dallas elite, um, I'm sorry to hear that the Chicago force is not playing this year. And the St. Louis slam is not playing this year. Teams that have been around for years, um, we were personal friends with the St. Louis Slam. I went to some meetings for women's football with her. Um, but it's very disappointing to hear that some of these teams that have been around for years and years are not continuing. Um, and, you know, I don't know all the details. I'm assuming that some of it is difficulty in getting players and some of it is difficulty in financial because those are really the, the top two reasons why women's football teams um, struggle year to year. So I, I'm hoping that some sources like women's football success can help these older teams that are still struggling, but the uh, the newer teams as well to be able to realize what they're getting themselves into. Women's football can be a huge success. It can be a moneymaker. It can be profitable if you do things correctly. And that's not to say that there's only one way, but there are only a couple ways that will allow you to be successful. So I am willing to share my information and knowledge um, that we've had, that we've used, um, the processes and procedures that we put in place for our football teams. Women's football success, what we're going to do is we're going to offer some weekly radio shows with information and we're gonna go through some different topics. I really like to stay uh, streamlined and offer one topic three or four episodes in a row, but that makes women's football, the radio show, really boring because then you're just hearing the same topic over and over again. So what my plan is with this show is to offer a couple different topics that um, will be important to players, coaches, support staff, and owners each week so that there's some reason for you guys to come back and listen to not necessarily the whole show, but maybe a sh part that pertains to you. And then we have the women's football success uh, website area where there we have articles posted there and we're going to post a couple articles each week in each section. And then also the Facebook group. So we'll get to that a little bit later, but I just wanted to share with you women's football success is going to be a place where um, we can provide some webinars, some informational tools, um, free and paid courses for you to learn about women's football, learn about all the different facets of women's football. A lot of people don't realize this when they come in. They think, oh, it's women's football. It's going to be awesome. We're going we're gonna to hold some games, and it's going to be great. But once you get into this, or if you're contemplating it, it is a big monster or can be a big monster because we're talking, let, let's just think about this. We're to, from the time you start, you know, there's picking your name, there's setting up your business, there's setting up your bank accounts, there's uh, tryouts, buying equipment, practice equipment, uniforms, practice fields. Let's get into some uh, fundraising and social media. What about game day? What about halftime shows? Who's going to collect tickets? What about concession stands? Oh, what about merchandise? So there are a lot of little businesses within this big giant business. 
And if you work them right, you can be successful and you can make a profit in women's football, even in your first year. So I'm hoping that you guys will come back regularly and listen to some of the ideas and tips and strategies that we have here. I'm super excited. Like I said, this idea or this concept has been being worked on for about two years now, getting it kind of honed into what we were going to offer, what we weren't going to offer, how things were going to go. And then we kind of fell back into women's football. So we are now um, in week two of women's football in the WFA. That's the league that our team plays in. There's more, you know, there's hundreds of leagues out there from what I understand now. You know, we have international leagues in Mexico and Canada and Europe. And then we have different types of leagues. Some of the, some leagues are just playing, like there's one league just playing in Texas with five or six teams. And then there's other leagues throughout. But um, the largest league being the Women's Football Alliance. So we are in week two. So things are starting to get underway. And so I wanted to share some of these ideas um, faster rather than later because I... I understand and I realize that some of these teams are already getting themselves into trouble. And I don't want to worry anybody or make anybody nervous, but a lot of these new teams have never um, prepared to host a game before. They don't know what it entails. So I want to share that with you today. Um, one of the first things I want to talk about is a number of players, which is always uh, a big thing and it's always uh a freaky thing right here at the beginning two weeks because people are already starting to get injured. And so I want to kind of go into that concept of what do you do if you don't have enough players on your team right now or if you started with low numbers and people are starting to get injured. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to continue having tryouts. Um, when you guys, I know it's difficult because now you have a couple of practices going on and then you have a game on Saturday. But what you need to do is set up some tryouts, maybe the last hour of practice or the hour at, at the beginning of practice or before practice starts and promote that tryout like crazy. Get on social media, get your girls to share it with their friends. Uh, maybe do a boost on Facebook. If you haven't done that, we're going to have a whole social media um, show and then we're going to have actually a webinar that goes into social media and how you can use it to promote your women's football team. So that'll be really cool. But what you need to do is, so again, I don't know about all the leagues and I don't pretend to know all of their rules and regulations. But within the, the Women's Football Alliance, um, in order for players to play in postseason, that would be the playoff games. They have to have played in four regular season games in order to be eligible to play in those uh, postseason games. So that would be, I believe it's May 5th. Um, they need to be on your team and play in those last four games. So if you are able to get some people to try out now and get them up to speed, teach them some football 101, um, get them into pads You know, in the next couple weeks, teach them the game of football, then um, you could technically get them into game four, five, six, seven, etc. Um, again, what if you bring on somebody and they're just not ready to go for postseason? They're not, they're not ready to go for those four games. That's okay. They can, they can play in three games but not be eligible for postseason. Obviously, that doesn't help you for this season, but 
it does get them prepared and ready for next season. So, you know, what you want to do is obviously think about this season and getting enough people in legally, legitimately to be able to play those postseason games if your team's going to make it to postseason. But also you need to think long-term, getting your numbers up so that by next year you can be in the 50, 60 um, player range. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. But ideally, if you're sitting at between, you know, 11 and 25 players right now, you need to be doing more tryouts. Um, a couple weeks ago, again, we came on to the Dallas Elite. We were short on numbers. And so we, you know, took the bull by the horns and we held several more tryouts. I think it ended up being four or five more tryouts. But you can hold a tryout at the beginning of the, you know, 45 minutes at the beginning of practice, have your practice, and then do it 45 minutes at the end of your practice. If you do practices on Saturday and Sunday, you could do one on Saturday. You could do a tryout on Saturday and a tryout on Sunday at the end of practice. And you might be able to get four, six, eight, ten new players out of it. If you can get it out on social media and you can get your players to bring more players. So um, it can be a huge thing, even, you know, just in the next two or three weeks, you can gain, you know, 15, 20 players, which would be awesome. Um, so let's talk about the ideas of the tryout itself. So when you do a tryout, you're going to want to post it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc., and get the people that are players to share it on their social media. Now, a lot of times you have players on your team, they know other people that love football. So um, a lot of times these teams are not utilizing their players or their players are not getting out there and communicating with the um, community at large. So get those people to share with the community that you guys are having tryouts still. Um, we are still getting people calling us um, and emailing us. Are you still are you still including people or are you still wanting people? Um, we will not say no, even if they can't play postseason. We're not going to say no to these people um, that want to come on and play women's football. But that and that's the way our team approaches it. Other teams may approach it differently. But so when you're holding a tryout, okay, you're going to want to have a sign up page. You want to be able to collect their name, their phone number, their email address, so you can get back in contact with them. You also want to test them on the different positions that you're wanting to them to try out for. Now, a lot of times people, you know, don't even know how to hold a tryout. A lot of times if you already have your coaches in place, they've been to several tryouts or they've held tryouts and they know how to do it and you can just kind of hand it off to your coaches and they'll take care of um, determining what they're looking for at a tryout. If you, I mean, by, by week two, you should already have your coaches in place, and we'll talk about that next week um, about coaching staff, but um, you need to be getting these people out there to try out. Make sure that you take a picture of them so you know when you're talking to them or, or when you're thinking about, you know, where they're going to play, that you have a picture and you know who they are in your mind and, and what they did at the tryout. And then you want to get back in touch with them as soon as possible. Don't let it go a week or two weeks. Even when it's tryouts before season and preseason, um, you don't want to give them two or three weeks to think, you know, that they haven't been picked or that they've been picked last. 
Um, but especially now that we're in week two, you need to get back to these people quickly and get them out to practices. So I hope that this has helped you guys with um, setting up more tryouts in the coming weeks and getting your numbers up. If you have any questions, you're welcome to call directly or to send a, a post via email. And um, I'll give you some details about that at the end of the show. And that way I don't say it five and six times. I just say it once or twice. And then we can get you guys connected um, with different ways of, of communicating with us. So real quick, I want to transition and talk about preparing to host a game. So some teams um, in women's football are in week two and have already hosted a game. And that's okay. Um, other teams have only had an away game or, or two. Well, I guess technically if they played a little bit early, like Atlanta played on... Uh, Saturday or a week early uh, they didn't play their Saturday game on Saturday they played a week early and I'm guessing that's because of a um, logistical issue or um, a stadium issue but anyway so if you have already hosted a game and it went well then you need to take some notes from that game and figure out what went well what what things were successful um, if you've hosted a game and it wasn't very successful or you had some problems, you had some issues, couldn't find the money till, you know, didn't have enough stuff at the concession stand, this is a time for you to evaluate what went well and what went wrong and get it fixed because you're going to do this three more times. Now, if you have never hosted a game before, some of these new teams, it's really important to be organized. I, I plan, plan, and then plan to plan. So I'm, I'm a... I'm big on organization and getting things planned out. So some of the teams have um, Excel spreadsheets. Shout out to the Austin Outlaws because they did an awesome job hosting us last week. But anyway, um, that would be Lily Messina um, down there in Austin. They did a great job of hosting us. But let me kind of go through some things. And I'm not going to go through every single thing that you need to do um, when hosting a game because... I'll tell you, once you get around in women's football and you get to see the way different games go, you'll find out that different teams host their games differently. You know, the field size is different. The um, complexity of the process is different. Some teams, you know, you just take your own chair and set it up on the sidelines. Other teams, there's... Um, Shout out to Atlanta because they have like a VIP setup where you can pay extra and go up into the owner's booth. Um, and I think it's like somebody told me it's all you can eat, all you can drink for 32 bucks. That was what it was last week. So I can't guarantee that's what it's going to be this week. But um, so there's a lot of different setups on how these teams utilize their stadium or what the stadium allows them to do. So when you're hosting a game, most importantly, you need to have your tickets ready, whether it's, um, you know, pre-printed tickets that you've done. Um, some of the teams that have been around longer do the pre-printed tickets. But if you're going on the down low, you can do a couple different things. You can go get the little raffle tickets, um, even from the dollar store, if you're wanting to hand out tickets with numbers on them or keep track of how many how many people come through the stands, which you do want to keep track of. Um Another alternative that we did a long time ago is you go get some cardstock from Staples or Office Max. Have your black ink printed on a colored cardstock. Have them cut it 
and you go get a numbering stamp and you number the tickets yourself. You can do this for a hundred bucks and get all the tickets that you need for the whole season. So those are three different alternatives for your tickets. Now, depending on your stadium, some of the big, big important things are obviously gonna be the person that takes your tickets and handles your money. So you wanna make sure that's somebody that you can trust and um, will take the tickets. You'll be able to account for how many numbers, you know, how many people came in the stands and you'll be able to track that. Oh, did we had 200 people. Oh, last time we had 500. So you'll be able to do some numbers here later in our other episodes to help you prepare for additional things within your football game. Other things that you're going to want to think about are concession stands. Does your stadium allow you to do concession stands? If so, how are you going to do that? And if not, what will they allow you to do? Same thing with merchandise, a merchandise table. A lot of the teams have a merchandise table where they sell t-shirts, hats, um, sweatpants, cups, koozies, whatever. So depending on whether you're going to host, hold the game and have a merchandise table, that's up to you. What I say as far as tips on the merchandise table, I suggest not having, you know, not going with a company that you have to print a hundred of one t-shirt and a hundred of another t-shirt. Try to go with a company that promotes, you know, I can just get 10 t-shirts of this or seven hats, 12 hats, etc. You don't want to be stuck with 144 hats of one logo. So try and see if you can connect with a company that will do 10 or 12 at a time. And that way you can kind of have a variety of things to have at your merchandise table without having to be in it thousands and thousands of dollars of uh, inventory. Same thing with concession stand. You're going to want to think of things that, um, that can be easily made or provided. Um, depending on your concession stand situation, if, if you don't have any electricity, it's going to be really, really hard to do nachos with um, melted cheese because you can't melt the cheese. Um, you won't be able to do hot dogs because you can't cook the hot dogs beforehand, etc. Or you're going to have to come up with an alternative to do that. So drinks are always good, especially as it gets super, super hot throughout um, May, June, July. Drinks, chips, popcorn, all those different things that you can get on there. Uh, we found that Sam's Club is the best place to get a lot of the stuff for our concession stand. We do have a, a gentleman that provides us with wholesale stuff and so we get good prices on certain things there as well but if you if, let's say you're not in a situation where you're getting concession stand then you guys need to come up with alternative ways to make money from that audience that is there at the the game that day because you won't have another opportunity until next week or if they never come back again you don't have another opportunity to get them and show them your merchandise or or sell them drinks. So strategically, you need to think about the different ways that you can make money during those, those four times per year. And then, of course, fundraisers. So let's get back to hosting the game. A lot of people don't think of these things, so I want to put them out there. Uh, national Anthem, either have somebody there to sing the National Anthem or have it pre-recorded. Everybody wants to hear that National Anthem. 
also uh, pregame music on a DVD of some sort so that it can be played from the announcer's booth. I recommend that you test the microphones and make sure it's not blowing people away out, down, out on the field before people get there. Usually we arrive about 4.30 for a game that we're going to host, um, sometimes 4 o'clock, but usually 4.30 to host the game. You need game day uh, announcers if, you're, if that's what you're going to do with your game. If you're going to have announcers there, you need to have usually two. Um, one person usually holds binoculars and looks down on the field and chit-chats the numbers while the other one um, offers commentary. Then we get on to, so we've talked about ticket sales at the front gate. We've talked about merchandise. We've talked about inventory. Um, what about logistics inside the locker room? So you're going to have an away team and you have a home team. Obviously, if you're, if you're hosting the game, you're the home team. So you're going to want to provide water, oranges, bananas inside the locker room. That's the way we've always done it um, at our games um, and in our region. And then we also have done the same thing for the other team, provided them with a water jug of water with cups um, or water bottles, and then oranges and bananas. We usually give them to them before the game so that they can have them before the game and at, and at halftime. So, um, but depending on what you guys have decided or what you guys have communicated to the other team, then uh, you may do more or less than that. Um, we suggest at least having water in the locker room and providing them with a locker room that has a bathroom, a shower, some lockers. And um, another key thing that I really, um, a lot of people miss, but I really try to make sure that it happens is making sure that that locker room is secure starting at pregame all the way through to the end of the game because um, there's a lot of stuff inside that locker room thousands of dollars, I mean, just in cell phones that need to be secured. And so there needs to be either somebody there that is basically the locker room door person or make sure all the other exits and entrances are, are locked and secured. When it comes to the actual presentation of the football game, you know, there's the entrance of the home team. Sometimes they announce every single player. Sometimes they announce the captains. And then you guys go out on the field. From a business standpoint or a, a, I guess, event standpoint, we then have the halftime show. So it's not just sitting watching the game while everybody's playing. So there's a lot of preparation that goes into this. So if you're going to do a halftime show, there's a couple ways that you can do that. And we've shared that on an article or an infographic uh, on the website. There's so many things that you can do for a halftime show to keep the play, the keep the crowd entertained. Now you can just let them go and get drinks at that time. That's perfectly fine too. But a lot of times what we do is we tell people when they come in the door to keep their tickets and we're going to call their number about 10 minutes before halftime. We're going to bring them down and they're going to be able to participate in our halftime games. And you can set those games up however you want and you can have different prizes. It just keeps those people involved. And your prizes can be a ticket to your next game or it can be a t-shirt or it can just be a shout out with a picture or an autographed picture um, on the sidelines. So there's a lot of things that you can do with that halftime show. And then finally, there's the closing up of the game and the end of the game. Um, a lot of times in our region, we, at the end of the game, Hold on, let me tell them. 
not to call me right now. <laughs> um, a lot of times at the end of the game, we'll have like a prayer or we'll have a little gathering of both of the teams so that um, we can thank everybody for coming. Um, women's football, it's very competitive on the field, but it can, it doesn't have to be off the field. So um, we get together at the end of the game and a lot of times the team, both teams, the hosting team and the away team, go to an uh, after party at the end and chit chat, depending on how the game goes and depending on what kind of relationship the teams have. So that can be pretty fun. So at the end of the game, obviously, everybody's going to go back into the locker room, clean up. Um, it's important as the host team to go check your locker room and their locker room and make sure that everything's cleaned up because ultimately you're paying for this um, field. And in order for you to be invited back, um, it needs to be left in good condition um, so that your team can play there again and so other women's football teams can play there again. So real quick, I'm just going to take a drink of my soda. Diet Pepsi is my drink of choice. And I have one last topic to talk about in today's episode. And then I'll get on to some contact information and some ways that you guys can uh, be a part of this. The next thing I'm going to talk about is player promotion. And we put a little um, article on the website on player promotion. Um, but again, when I talk about these topics right now in these first episodes, I am talking very broadly. There are so many things that you can do to promote players. And, and I don't know why players aren't getting promoted, but we need to get these ladies on the radio, on the TV, um, articles, promoted on Facebook, social media, etc. cetera. Uh, because the more that we show the outside world how many women play women's football, the more recognition we are all going to get as teams and as a league. Um, you know, it's it's scary to think that today, 2018, um, I still talk to people every day that say, I've never heard of women's football. I had no idea. How many teams are there? And when I tell them that there's 70 teams, they're like, no way. How is it possible that there's 70 teams throughout the U.S. and I don't know about it? And people want to know. Once we show them, we say, hey, pull up this video. Go check this out. Go look at all these leagues or look at all these teams or or whatever. Go. I want you to go see this, this hit that happened last week at such and such stadium. We go show them these videos and they are surprised and they want to know more. So it's really important as players, as coaches, as support staff, and as teams that we um, embrace women's football as a whole and understand that other teams might do things differently than we do them. It doesn't mean that it's wrong or, or impossible, but there's some things within women's football that we all should be doing collectively together as a unified front. Um, but there's other things that each individual team need to do on their own. So today I'm just going to talk about player promotion and the idea of getting recognition for these players, especially if they're on a team where it's all volunteer or all um, pay to play. Um, it's important to get these players the opportunity that if they're going to pay to play, um, that they can get some recognition from other organizations and the outside community for their efforts. Players um, need to be appreciated, need to be shown that um, their good work, their hard work 
is um, important to the team, helps promote the team, and in doing so, we're going to help promote them. So we at the Dallas Elite and at the Lone Star Mustangs and etc., um, I've always promoted the idea of these women getting out in the community and sharing their stories. Um, and one of the ways of sharing their stories is through the Women's Football Network um, radio shows. There's like four or five radio shows now that these players could be on weekly. And there's, you know, some teams, you know, promote that they have two or three stars on their team. But all of these women have different stories to share as to why they're in women's football, how they got to women's football, how they first heard about women's football, um, what they like about it, uh, what they hope to accomplish, what their goals are. These are all things that these players should be sharing on a weekly basis. And as teams, it is super easy to get this information out there. I mean, obviously, you guys, um, you know, every team should have a website. Every team should have a social media presence. That would be the, the top three would be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you don't know how to do those, we're going to have some classes on how to promote women's football and how to make the most of your social media with uh, some upcoming webinars. So we'll, we'll allow you guys to sign up for those. Um, but most importantly, you know, there's some of these free radio shows, free internet radio shows, um, and then, of course, there's free marketing and advertising in local magazines and on radio shows throughout the, the community. Everybody really wants to be on television. It's a great aspiration. And, you know, people feel famous and, and it's this wonderful, great thing. But I'll tell you, it's very, very expensive. There's only a few teams um, in the U.S. that are getting on television. Um, and that's, again, is because we are um, separated. We're not unified in this um, endeavor. Um, I know that um, for years the Pittsburgh Passion has been getting on local TV there in Pittsburgh. They do a wonderful job, um, but people don't realize it costs a lot of money. So even if somebody says, oh, I can get on TV, um, they still have to do the promotional, the commercial, the commercials, the, the camera work, the audio work, um, a lot of that stuff is not free, and even if they can get the TV for free, they have to do the rest paid. Or if they can get the cameras and audio for free, then they have to pay for television. Now, I'm not saying that's what the Pittsburgh Passion does, um, but they have been on television for years. They do a wonderful job, but it's kind of a half dozen of one, six of the other, or six of the other, half dozen of the other. In order to get more people to the stands, you have to be able to get more recognition for your team and for your sport. So it goes hand in hand. You know, if you're not willing to go out there and promote your team, then you're going to have 50 people, 100 people in the stands. If you're not out in that community, you know, you can live in Dallas where there's millions of people. But if you're not out there sharing women's football with them, they're not going to be in the stands. And it doesn't matter if you're in, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Russellville, Arkansas, or Shreveport, Louisiana. You can have the same amount of people on the in the stands as somebody that's in Houston 
or Chicago or Baltimore because it's all dependent on your efforts as a team, as a player, as a coach, as a staff member, and as an owner to promote women's football to get people there. Well, I really want to um, finish up with um, giving you guys some contact information and where you can find uh, the women's football success. Um, and that would be if you go to, so I also do business consulting and my business consulting division is supersmallbiz.com. If you go to supersmallbiz.com and you look up women's football success right on the top uh, menu, um, it'll toggle down and it'll show team owners, staff, coaches, and players. So there's different pages for each one. You can go in there and look at the articles. We put up some, you know, preliminary articles, and we'll be adding articles to each section um, each week. And then you guys will be able to sign up for the newsletter where you will be able to put in your email address. And then as each new article comes out or as each new announcement comes out, you guys will be the first ones to get those announcements. Real quick, if you're familiar with women's football for several years, we used to do this with women's uh, Football for Women. It was football, the number four, women.com. And we did a magazine, um, and we had about, we talked about nutrition, we talked about uh, coaching, we talked about different um, fundraising strategies, different ways to promote the players. And it was really good. We were able to share different teams and everything. It was, it was really cool. You know, we, we had a lot of people coming to it, you know, all the time. But we had a difficult time with people providing content of other teams. So we had a lot of our content and a lot of stuff that we had our staff um, writers prepare, but it was difficult getting everybody to participate. And I understand that a little bit because, you know, we have these teams and they're all focused on their own teams. Um, but the goal here is to be able to get the knowledge out to all these teams because in order for my team to be successful and for my team to look good, all those other teams that we play have to look good. And it's important that, you know, when somebody comes and has a women's football experience at your stadium and there's 3,000 people in the stands and then they come to my game and there's 200 people in the stands, it's hard for big sponsors to take us seriously. It's hard for the fans to take it seriously. Um, so it's really important that we kind of get unified in, in some of these topics so that we can provide a very, very good product to the community and to the world and be able to elevate women's football to where it should be and where it could be. So again, go to supersmallbiz.com, super, S-U-P-E-R, small, S-M-A-L-L, biz, B-I-Z, dot com, backslash women's hyphen football, or just click on the top on the menu for women's football success. That's one way that you can get to these articles and um, we're gonna expand that as we go. I didn't wanna go and create another website and then uh, you know, have a couple people looking at it. Um, so once it starts to grow, we will separate it out and it'll become its own website. But as you can tell, I'm a little busy. I'm a busy, busy person. And so I don't wanna make more work for myself before it's necessary. The other thing I really want to share with you guys is our football, uh, our Facebook group. So that's uh, 
www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash women's football success. This is going to be interaction daily about women's football. So the website's going to have more articles that are there and we're going to post new articles weekly. The Facebook group is going to be the daily go-to place. So um, we have some rules for the Facebook uh, page. You know, we want to make sure that this is all for women's football success. We're not looking for multi-level marketing ideas. We're not looking for products and services to sell. You know, we may do some posts where we say, hey, please put in here um, fundraising ideas or how, you know, 10 fundraisers that you do. Um, then we might have you be able to put links in there to what products and services you guys sell for fundraisers. But other than that, we don't want to have that in there. Now, we allow for people to put links in the comment section. So I don't want um, links to product services um, inside a post like, hey, come check out my uniform sales. This is where I sell them at. We don't want that. Now, if you want to share something and we say, hey, let us know where you get your uniforms and people start putting their links in there. Obviously, you guys should be using your league um, sponsors first and foremost, um, unless you can get better deals somewhere else. But um, use those league sponsors because it, it makes a big deal for women's football. But that being said, rule number two is please make sure that your comments are proper on the post. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to post per topic and, and kind of keep people on task and on topic per post. Um, so make sure that your comment relates to that post or it's going to be removed or deleted. Um, so make sure if we're asking, you know, for ideas for, you know, weekly predictions um, that we don't get a post for, you know, selling Mary Kay cosmetics. This is where you go to. Um, we want to make sure that everything is kind of easy to find and organized. Okay, so this Facebook group is monitored daily. I don't have time to monitor it all the time. Um, so I have a staff member um, <laughs> that I've given a ton of jobs to, but um, she loves me and um, I pay her well. So she um, goes on and monitors um, every few hours. She's not going to be on it all day long, every, you know, all the time to answer your questions. But if you post a question, then she will either get the answer for you or she will um, note that on a sticky note and get it to me so that I can get her the answer and she'll type it in. Um, but make sure when you're doing this that there's no negative comments, no offensive comments, um, no off-topic stuff. We want to promote positivity. I do understand that there's going to be some things like, for example, um, one of the topics that people just go back and forth about is whether there should be more teams or less teams or what. And so sometimes the discussions get a little, not aggressive, but, you know, back and forth. So that's okay. We just don't want people name calling or saying that the way things are done are terrible, horrible, um, nobody's doing anything, etc. Um, so make sure you stay positive. So um, women's football success will provide like a daily post prompt to encourage discussion on that topic. Um, so please stay on topic and we're going to, you know, offer positive words, encouragement, education, knowledge. So make sure that your comments to the posts um, follow that same thing and, and provide education and knowledge to other players that maybe didn't know they could do it this way or, or had never heard of that idea. 
So finally, we have kind of a schedule that we're going to go through um, daily for the week. And um, so Monday is going to be Marketing Monday, where we're going to share marketing efforts, upcoming events teams want to share on there. So you can share an upcoming event to our Women's Football Success page, and then other teams can share your events out to, uh, to around the, the country. Um, so this can be really huge and can really, you know, yeah, you're going to promote, you know, Shreveport's going to promote in Shreveport, but that doesn't mean you don't have friends and relatives that live in Washington, D.C. that want to help uh, sponsor a player. Um, so we're missing out on some of these opportunities because we're not getting, you know, national with it. Um, or even global in some instances. Tuesday is going to be Business Tip Tuesday. So this is tips, tricks, strategies for the business of women's football. Some people probably won't have, you know, don't have any interest in this. But I'll tell you what, it's the business of women's football that's going to make you successful in this. Um, Wednesday, Wonderful Wednesday. So these are words of encouragement, stories of inspiration. You know, somebody's down on their luck, somebody got injured, etc. Let's share some of these articles of women in football that are doing great things in their community and with their families. So that's Wednesday. And then Thursday, weekly predictions. We're getting ready for the weekend. Um, games are usually on Saturday. Sometimes they're on Sunday because of schedule conflict. But we'll do the predictions on Thursday. So you can just say, our team is just going to whoop up on whatever team. Or you can do predictions of all of the games. That's fine, too. Friday is Promotional Friday. So this is where you share pictures, stories about your team, your players, your staff. Um, promote your team. Promote any coupons you have going on, sales, anything. And we'll get that shared out to the other, you know, the other teams will be able to share that. Saturday is going to be Social Media Saturday, where you share your team's Facebook posts. You can post it on your Facebook and then share it to the Women's Football Success, and then we'll share it again. And then Sunday, we call that Sunday Celebration. The games are mostly over for the week. We can share pictures from the games. I love to do blooper pictures on Sundays because <laughs> there's sometimes where you get a picture and somebody's like mid eye open, one eye is open, one eye is closed, your mouth is open. It's so funny. So um, share some of those pictures with us on uh, Sunday celebration. Um, it doesn't have to be a blooper picture. It can be a nice, really good quality picture too. Um, so we are really excited about women's football success this year. And like I said, it's been in the making for about two years. We didn't plan on bringing it out until next year, but with uh, connecting and becoming co-owners of the Dallas Elite, we thought, what the heck? This is a really good year to get all of these uh, women football owners on board and get us all working towards unifying women's football and making it this huge industry. Um, it's a secret right now. It's still a secret, even after 50, 60 years. So it's up to us. You know, there's probably a good five to 7,000 people in women's football um, and, you know, friends, family, and, and the the... the the dedicated fans. So we really have an opportunity to make this a huge thing. So feel free to give us a, a shout out on either the website or the Facebook group. And then um, my contact information, you can call my, the personal number is 479-747-3693. If I don't answer, I'm either on the phone or in court. So you can leave a message. Um, if for some reason that doesn't work, you can always send a text message um, you can do a Facebook direct message, but um, 
I have people monitoring that, so if I can't get a hold of you within a few hours, feel free to try back. Um, but somebody should reach out to you within a couple hours of, of you asking a question. Thank you so much. This is my cat coming here to say, you're done, you're done. I hope you guys have a great week, and um, let's uh, make women's football a huge success this year. I think we have some great opportunities ahead of us, and uh, women's football can be successful, can be profitable, and women can uh, start getting paid to play. You guys have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.